Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Box to Box. I'm Alex Perry alongside Jeff Azerhauser. And we had quite an opening weekend of Premier League action, didn't we, Jeff? Yeah, we did. It started out with an absolute bang, and, uh, and it didn't let up from there. It was some, some beautiful action watching the bees get welcomed back into the Prem for the first time in 70, 70 years. plus years. And, uh, and immediately Arsenal reminded them it's a very different Prem than it used to be. Uh, and by that, I mean, yeah. in old it, versions yeah. of the Prem, Arsenal used to be good. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but not a very different version of Arsenal that we've seen in the past few seasons now. Um, that's, that's fair. Yeah, that, that's why I got a little confused at first um, but when you said that. But I, I just got to say, first of all, I mean, Arsenal going to Arsenal. But how predictable was this result? But that's like that's what stood out to me. I mean, you could see this from the moment the fixtures were announced like a month or two ago. You could see this happening. You want to know did. how predictable this result was? Your boy made five dollars on a on a straight up bet for oh, this result. Yeah, you're a rich man, thanks to Brentford. See, oh, thank you, I mean, Brentford, for five bucks. I, I I talk about how predictable it was, but I actually I overestimated Arsenal. Uh, I had initially I had one one because I thought Arsenal were playing at home. Then I realized they were away, so I, I said okay, one 0 Brentford, and it turns out that was that was too generous to Arsenal. Um, but I mean, what, what a way to announce yourself back back in the league for for Brentford, and it was a really really strong performance from them. I and mean, we we sat here a week ago talking about how you know we didn't expect much from them, but on the basis of that performance, you know I, th- I think they'll give survival a real go, won't they? I I mean, come on now. I it's just one performance, but if they play like that, I... uh, let's let's see what happens when yeah. they get into the grind of you know. Leicester and then you know playing United and playing even like West Ham and it's just like let's see them get into this grind where they play back to back to back to back it's different there's a there's a different energy when your fans are in the stadium you're in the first flight for the first time in 70 years like there's obviously I think every player on that Brentford side played with just a little bit more played a little bit more for the badge I mean like this was a special moment and and to open the Premier League season like, I don't expect this kind of energy and this kind of... No, we're not going to see it week in, week yeah. out. Yeah, no. it's not, it's not going to be the case. But at the same time, I think it's a lot better, you know. The question is, I, I think it's it's not so much that Brentford maybe have so much to offer, um, even though they certainly did uh, against Arsenal. But it, it's more, you know, will, will that... Can teams like Norwich or Newcastle or Southampton or Burnley play play that well? And if they can't, then that that's where Brentford will feel that, you know, they they could maybe remain, they, they can maybe avoid the drop. Yeah, maybe I uh, I do think that's what it will be. It will be whether or not they can kind of be the fourth worst team, not exactly. be, yeah, you know, not yeah. try and be a better team, but just like I hope there are worse teams. No, um, I, I mean, sorry, yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say around that battle, we saw some interesting opening results. I mean. Watford jumped out to that fantastic um, 3-0 lead. That superb performance is a little much. I mean, it was until, I think it it was until, you know, Aston Villa got back into the game, but even then it was too little too late. I mean, when it comes down to it, it ended up being a one-goal game. And and this, if Watford are going to do this, teams are going to punish them more than Villa punished them. 
That's in that true. in that back half, and I but don't expect I, I them think, to build three goal leads. But I I look I at this game 70, and I go for seventy minutes though. For seventy minutes, Watford were were on top. I mean, they, they were comfortably in control, and they had a shaky last twenty minutes. Um, okay, but obviously how, we need to work on that. Realistically, how often do you expect them to dominate games against other Premier League teams? Oh, I don't. I don't. I'm just exactly. Saying so my my point well. is my point is that we have to look at what is the like what is the takeaway from this game for me? It's that Watford do know how to kind of give up when they have a lead. So imagine they go one up against your Liverpool or my United or Chelsea or, or, you know, Arsenal even uh, like I could see the, the big flaw in this team is that I genuinely could see they're more likely to blow a lead than I think some of the other teams near the bottom. Yeah. I don't ex- like weirdly. I don't expect Brentford to be as likely to like blow a lead just off week one, just off like watching them once the way they played after they were one nil up hunting for that second goal. And and just being proactive in their pressing, it was, yeah. That that's my worry for Watford is that if they're if this is the pattern of blowing leads, even if they didn't successfully blow the lead, they showed that they have that in them. So so, so my takeaway for um, how Watford is going to play throughout the rest of the season on the basis of one game, um, if, if we're going to use one game to judge how good a team will be, um, it's that they'll be volatile, and and not not just because you know they were up three 0 and then they they nearly blew it. But even even through their sponsor, they have Dogecoin on their on their sleeves. So you know they're going to be inconsistent. They're going to have big ups and big downs. But you know they're just along for the ride. And I think I think their fans will appreciate at least so, being back in the problem. So those big ups, do they include uh, <laughs> repeating that sweet sweet fixture from two years ago? Which one? Three nil over Liverpool. Liverpool. Three nil over yeah, Liverpool. Yeah, potentially. I- I mean, I, I won't be as upset about it. As long as they have Dogecoin on their sleeve, I won't be as upset about it. I'll say that. I'll, I'll tolerate it. I'll, that's, I'll, I mean, I'll especially it. especially if they have Sar in that match. I mean, he is, he's still around. He is, he is still, yeah. I mean, not is just Dini, in your nightmares. Is still around? <laughs> Please, God, no. I hope um, I, He did not make the bench. No, he did not make the bench. Okay. Oh, no, How he did. I'm wrong. I did. He made the bench and was he's subbed on. He's only 33 on. years old. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, he'll, he'll still be in and out of the team. He's 65, and you can't tell me otherwise. Yeah. He, he will Him be and Andy team. Carroll are at oh the, God. like, Andy senior Carroll. hour at the local Golden Corral buffet. How old is Andy Carroll? Andy Carroll's 32. Okay, yeah. I mean, They're still, both at the not... senior. They're, nope, 75. Now it's gone up. Now they're 75. No. Nope. Now they're 75. I, yeah. I won't hear otherwise. Now, um, but, uh, what else can we talk about uh, in terms sure of like the bottom before we get to the to the fun stuff? I was gonna say I'm sure there's something you'd love to to love to. We'll we'll get there. Out, but, we'll get yeah. there. Um, in terms of the bottom, I mean, you know, Crystal Palace were awful, but that's more I think has to do with Chelsea, which we'll get to. Um, I mean, Norwich, uh, you know, disappointing defeat for them. Um, you really can't look too much into that though, because obviously no, no, there's, playing, right? there's not much value in that. There's the, the handful of games I look at for value are that early on, and this is just one game. So I'll say there's still a lot of variance in it, but Brighton outperform their expected goals, yeah, <laughs> which is a shocker. shocker. Yeah, I know. Um, I know. It's going to be the reverse this season. They're not going to have any expected goals, but they're going to score a ton somehow. No, I, I still expect them to underperform at the end of the year when it comes to finishing. But if they're even a little bit closer, just a little bit, they'll be comfortably, you know, in 13th or, or 12th or, or even higher and not really worried about the drop. And so, and it was you lovely know, at least to see them beat Burnley as well. Yeah, so it's, it's lovely to see Burnley, to see Burnley lose. lose. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and that's I something mean, even a United and a Liverpool fan can agree on that. 
Yeah, um, Newcastle, uh, I for what it's worth, they did give it a run. I mean, that, that game was back and forth for the first 50 minutes or so. It was. And, I mean, do, I mean, do we think that, you know, I, I know we're not, neither of us are expecting much from Newcastle. I think, we're, you know, they're probably both going to go down. Um, on the other side, West Ham, can they sort of maintain the levels they were at last season, do you think? See, I'm already worried that they went back and forth with Newcastle over the first 50 minutes of this game. Like that, this is a game that, that West Ham has the talent and the particularly the control in the midfield to be able to dominate better. And I'm worried that they didn't. And it's we are extrapolating on a one-game sample size of the season, but it is a, a glimmer of, of worry that, that they should be. Well, I mean, they, they were down at halftime, but then I think in the second half, they just took complete control of the game. It didn't look back. I mean, it was 2-1 at halftime, 2-2 to, to Newcastle, and then 4-2. And, full-time yeah, and then it was, a, so they it was absolute, and took control. It was an absolute barrage in there. I mean, Ben Rama in the 53rd, Suchek in the 63rd, and then Antonio in the 66th. And that's who it's going to be for them. Not necessarily Suchek scoring all the goals, but Antonio and Ben Rama doing work. Uh, let's see. They're making a continued push for Lingard. Um, I imagine United will have to come down from their price of 25 million pounds. I expect if that deal gets done, it's more in the 17 to 20 range. But mm-hmm. I do hope United caves, and I don't see a world where Lingard Free has Jesse a spot Lingard. in this roster. Just like I don't see a world where he gets playing time ahead of so many guys. Like first of all, I think in the um, in the Champions League games, you don't, don't matter. Over Jaden Sancho. I don't see him play. I mean, you want really? the list of guys he's not playing over. It, they include Dan James and and Van. De- yeah. So, yeah. like, it's it's not good, and I expect him to be gone by the end of the month. Particularly, give it a couple of weeks. Let Cavani get back to United and get back into match fitness, and around then, I think he he exits the door because that's just kind of a a one for one replacement on like the total amount of attacking options we have. And then, yeah. And, and those, those attacking options were on full display uh, as they absolutely just obliterated leads. Uh, uh, it was beautiful. I mean, again, I, I, I spoke about like how West Ham to control the game. Right. And I think United, United dominated the first half lead started off the second half very well, obviously got their equalizer through you know, Luke Ailey's started off screamer. <laughs> Started off the second half very well is a little bit generous for okay, no, okay. an absolute screamer. Okay, no, no, but I'm not. I mean, I don't. I don't necessarily mean like just because they scored. I just thought generally they were slightly more in the game before. I mean, I'm not. I don't know. I wouldn't even say the goal was coming, but I think they they were. You know, they'd improved at the start of the second half because they were dominated in the first half, and then United. I mean, three minutes later, take the lead one more time uh, through Greenwood, and then from there they just don't look back and absolutely run away with it. Yeah, um, it was. So I mean, very, very. You know, big statement win for them on opening day. There's a couple things into this win. The first one is that I don't think there's any team who has better figured out how to expose Leeds man-to-man than Manchester United. I know. It, like, second four-goal victory in, in two games at Old Trafford. And it's just been like some someone in that back room, whether it be uh, McKenna or Carrick or Phelan or even Ole himself, someone has figured out that like between Lindelof's long balls and Bruno and Pogba, it's just like... It's just too easy for them out there. It's honestly a training ground exercise. And Fred's getting on the score sheet, which is, that's when you know things got bad. McTominay had a brace inside of like 15 minutes in the first, in the one last year. And then now it's it's Fred twice, or Fred scoring and and Bruno with three. And as, you know, Grim Sounders would say, you expect four assists from Pogba. He's a hundred million pound man. You expect four assists from him, which means that I expect Sounders to now come out and say, 
that Grealish has a letdown every game he doesn't have four assists. <laughs> it doesn't matter if he scores three goals. Every game without four assists is a and letdown for anyone points. worth that much. Every time Ronaldo doesn't have four assists, letdown. Messi, four assists, letdown. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I, Messi, Messi was talking about a free. Okay, if you don't think Messi's worth 100 million pounds, uh, we'll have I a mean, different I think, conversation. I think, are, I think there are a lot of players worth 100 million pounds that you know aren't going for that price or are going for well beyond that price. As and, we'll, and every we'll, we'll time get to that later, um, every time know, they don't you know, have four assists, it'll be a. I, I expect them to to be absolutely you know destroyed for anything under four assists. And five is when you might start to get praise. Five in a game, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Those are the expectations at Old Trafford. Um, <laughs> So I, I, there's another thing I want to get to. Mason Greenwood, that was that was a superb finish from him. And I know, I think Ole said he's the best finish, finisher in the squad. And, you know, you, you have spoken very highly of him. I mean, if, I think, you know, he gets a regular run in the team. We could see him notching maybe 15 goals a season. Yeah, it'll... If I look at what he did two seasons ago, I just want to pull up the stats. Yeah, well, you do that. I'll, I'll wax a little poetic on why uh, I think that he has it. And there's United are kind of in a weird spot where I think Mason Greenwood might not be in our fully healthy best 11 mm-hmm. in the sense that I would play Rashford on the left, Sancho on the right, and Cavani up top in a must-win game, right? Because, yeah. I mean, the experience of Cavani, the just like he's less volatile than Greenwood for how good he is. And Cavani will won't be able to play twice a week, every week. He will need rest if he features in the Champions League. He may only be able to throw in 60-minute efforts every so often. He may be a sub for some games. And so I think there's plenty of opportunities for Greenwood to notch, you know, 40 starts this year, 45 starts this year, especially as it takes Rashford a while to come back. Guys like Martial, will he have a, you know, change of, uh, change of form? Because he was in poor form and then got injured. And we haven't seen him in quite a few months. But if Martial starts to do a little better, Maybe we see a little less output from Greenwood, but I think it's, I don't think the out, lack of output from Greenwood will be for any reason other than it's just too many good options. Right. Uh, right. And for look, those I three mean, spots. He's only 19 years of age. And I look back to 2019, 2020 season, he scored 10 goals and that was two seasons ago. Um, yeah. And he was, you know, 17 or 18. So I, I think either way, even if he doesn't like, even if he's not playing as regularly as he would like to, it's not too much of a concern for him because eventually, even in a year or two, he will nail down a regular spot this United team. There's, there's no question about it. Um, that is fair. I, w- I will, I will say that he got quite a, quite an advantage in that season. Just playing those Europa League group games, he was absolutely lethal, and I, I expect that he will be slightly less lethal. Like even if he's become a better player, he will be less lethal when it comes to, you know whoever they get in the group stage because that Champions League group stage draw is coming up very soon. Yeah, and that will that will definitely be interesting. Um so moving on, Norwich also back in the Premier League, but no match for Liverpool on opening day. Liverpool sure. with Van Dyke back, Mata back. I, I will and say it looked a lot better. I I do think that Norwich can take some positives away from this game. Uh, I think that they showed they showed a few signs of life and it wasn't it didn't look ugly. Yes, the goals kind of came, but they came a little bit later, uh, like the second and third in particular, to mm-hmm. the point where, like, for a tide that's going to be battling for relegation, you have to find the positives for everything. Obviously, they were no match for Liverpool, but they, they have to look at the little moments and say, we were able to kind of play well. We created a few chances. Things could have been worse. I'm, I mean, I, th- I think if I'm Norwich, though, 
Uh, I'm looking at the fact that, yes, you know, they did play expansive football at times, um, and at times they did show ambition, but they, all, they, they also got caught out. And I think there's a worry. And I, I think there's a worry of them sort of getting too carried away with that. If I look at Liverpool's second goal, Norwich are pressing, pushing for the equalizer, one counterattack, and game, that, at that point, what's for me to put Liverpool 2-0 up, game's more or less out of their hands. Um, so, and if they're going to be, obviously, again, Liverpool, we know how, you know, lethal they are in the counterattack, but Norwich, I think, have to show a bit more caution. This team can stay up. They, I think, you know, they'll be better than they were two seasons ago. They'll have the experience. It's, it's roughly the same group of players, but I, I think they just, they have to tone back just a bit the, the sort of desire. And I, I think part of that's understandable, you know, first uh, game in two years back in the Premier League, you're playing in front of fans, but it's just something they're going to have to curb a bit. Yeah, it's it's interesting because at the same time, I will, like you know the desire. Maybe it's not that you have to curb back; it's just that you accept that you're not going to go out and and like you're going to get your uh, you know pardon my French, but you're going to get your ass handed to you a couple times when you do that. But the the upside of going out and playing with that kind of desire and being a little bit more aggressive is that you have opportunities to do what Brentford did to Arsenal. Brentford doesn't do what they did to Arsenal if they go sit back and try and like. It just fully like Burnley their way into a draw that like you have to play with a little bit of ambition sometimes. And I think that in this prem in particular, there's a handful of teams. There's maybe those top four where you really need to be very, very careful. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I like, I think Norwich can go out and play with ambition against Leicester with ambition against Tottenham with ambition against Arsenal and, and, you know, uh, that kind of tier of side. I, I don't think that's necessarily a bad idea. I just think that it's that top four in particular where they just can absolutely carve you up right. without even like blinking. And, and then on, on the Liverpool side, I mean, obviously a few things stood out to me. Great to have Van Dyke back. Great to have Mata back. And I think this was just, this was sort of the Liverpool that we saw, you know, two seasons ago. And obviously there were times Liverpool were brilliant last year, but everything just flowed so smoothly. And I think, you know, it took maybe a bit long to put the game out of reach but once Firmino got that second goal Liverpool just yeah they didn't look back from there Salah brilliant as well two assists slightly fortunate in the first but he gets two assists he scores an excellent goal himself and that it's promising because I think there was a bit of a question mark about Liverpool this season how good would they exactly be because obviously they had their injuries last season right and they had to scramble for that fourth place spot um but when the last time they did it, like a fully fit squad, you know, they, they won the league by 18 points. Obviously, they're not going to do that again, most likely. But we, we don't really know where they stood. But this is a very, very encouraging performance. If they can keep everyone fit, um, I think they can give the title a real go. I mean, again, it's going. we're going off of one game. But yeah, you know how good a fully fit Liverpool is. And they looked like they were in the mood for it against Norwich. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, they, like, I don't think any one of the... Um, anyone of Liverpool United or we'll get to Chelsea now looked like they had, they gave you any doubts about the fact that they're ready right. for that top four spot. Uh, they're, they're comfortably that is settled. You know, let's go see, let's go see about winning a title this year. And that was a Liverpool without Fabinho Henderson or Henderson in the midfield. And this was a Chelsea without Lukaku. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and Lukaku should play. Oh my God. I would ima- you would imagine he's going to play sometime this weekend. But yeah. They were you, excellent. 
you, ex- I mean, it's, it's very dangerous to think that like on top of that, that was a United with 15 minutes of Sancho. That was Dan James and Pogba were the no two Rashford. winners for United. No Rashford. No, Rashford yeah. uh, no Varane, who was actually announced at the game to a roaring applause from the fans. Uh, yeah. There are so, so many pieces that these teams are going to add. It's all, for, at least we know for, we can expect for United, Liverpool and Chelsea, it should only get better. Now for Man City, it, it I mean, can gonna, still get a it, lot it's better. Get better. Obviously, you know they no, started the I season mean, last season slowly, but we're back. But there, I, I feel like their lack of a striker was exposed against Spurs. Now, um, a little bit, but I, I think what really was was on display was just. Uh, I mean, for starters, you don't expect Ake to start uh, consistently um, for that Man City side. It's just not what you expect mm-hmm. at all, right, and. Right. Like, no, um, like there's there's definitely places that they will add, but I want to start with that Spurs team. If they're able to keep Harry Kane, Nuno might be the best addition of the summer for that team. Yeah, I mean, like it's a good fit. I, I, I do believe it's a good fit. Um, it, the question is, it's almost a shame because even with Harry Kane, can they break into that top floor? I, I think they might have a chance. I, like... I, all it takes is one of those top four teams being not as good as we expect, going mm-hmm. through a poor run of form for a couple of weeks or, you know, a key injury or two. Like, it's not out of the realm of possibility for this Spurs team to put up 75 points or so and, and sneak into that fourth spot ahead of any one of those four teams. It's, like it's, it's not outside the realm. I mean, again, you know, I think if those four teams can basically keep their squad fit, I think it's going to be difficult for Spurs. Yes, but that, that's, that's the worry is that there are certain spots in – in almost all of those rosters where mm-hmm. you really start to question, do they have a replacement? You know, how, how do Liverpool look? Obviously we've seen what happens when Van Dyke goes down, but take right. that out of the equation. How do Liverpool look if we see an extended run without Robertson, where we have to, we have to play, you know, makeshift let back or uh, an extended run where Fabinho is out for like long stretches and you have to play good teams without his stability there in the center of the park. Right. But, but at the same time, I mean, it's not like Tottenham, well, one, it's not like Tottenham have too much set. And even the, even Tottenham's starting lineup, you know, you, you take away a few, like one or two key pieces from a Liverpool United and a Chelsea. I still, th- and obviously Man City, I still think all of them have a much better, even with one or two injuries, we'll have a much better lineup than, than a full strength top. Yeah, that's, that's, for, and you know what I mean? So that, that's, that's where I, I just think it's tricky. I think the best we can expect from Tottenham this season, points wise, I mean, I would say 75, maybe high 70s. I, all, all of, I mean, City, Liverpool, United, and Chelsea will all be looking to get 80, real, 80, realistically like, over 80. Yeah. I mean, possibly even like 85 range, right? Yeah, it's so it's going to be... That's a thing. Yeah, but to the actual game, I think it wasn't really like necessarily City's lack of a striker because their lack of a striker is a problem because it means they don't have a backup plan when they aren't creatively breaking you down. And their real problem was that Tanganga basically put Sancho in, or not Sancho, uh, put Sterling in one pocket and Grealish in the other pocket and said, neither of you can do any. He really was almost two on one out there and just killing it against two absolutely fantastic individual players. Right, but I think at at the same time, you have to look at guys like Grealish and Sterling and as good as Tanganga was, where is the creativity from anyone on the city team? And look, De Bruyne was on the bench. I mean, he didn't start and obviously you'd expect, you know, he's going to add so much, a lot more creativity to to decide once he's playing regularly. But if he's not in the team, I, I think there is an element of, or there's rather a, a lack of 
sort of creativity and inspiration in that side, especially without a striker. And that, that's I, I mean, concern. I mean, you can, I think you can, oh, I think that's, that's a bit of an overreaction. I th- still think there's plenty of creativity once Foden gets back into the starting lineup. I mean, Grealish is still absolutely good enough to carve apart, maybe not Tottenham, but some of the lower half teams. Right. Sterling is definitely good enough to get on the end of quite but a few balls. if you're competing for a title, what we know is it's going to be very fine margins we can expect, most likely between the top four teams. And that can be a big, that, that can be a difference maker. It's not, it's not Let's, huge, right? But when it comes to separating them from a Chelsea, a Liverpool, or United, you feel that maybe that could be that, that could result in that let's, slight difference. By let's May. see what that looks like by the end of September when Grealish has been in that team for a couple of months and they have the chemistry. They're really working on all the intricacies of breaking down teams mm-hmm. in training and, you know, things like De Bruyne is fully fit. But I mean, there's still some creativity there between Grealish, Gondouan, Mares still is, has yeah. a shot and a, and a wicked cross. And, and I mean, Cancelo can do, can do quite a little bit of work on some of those. Uh, I mean, he can fade into the midfield and do some great work passing, but he's also fantastic down that right wing right. when needed. But And, and yeah, also, the, I mean, the, the first 20 minutes, they played very well and created a bunch of chances and just blew them. So, yeah, yeah which well. that's, that's a different problem that they'll have to address as a team. Now, I mean, I think it's also worth wondering, and, and maybe maybe I'm probably looking too deeply into this, but you know, the Spurs and, and Man City have reached a bit of a standstill over Kane. Spurs won 150 million pounds. City are more willing to offer in the 120 million range. Does this match change anything for you? I mean, does, I guess, do you think maybe City are slightly more likely to at least raise their offer a bit, given the fact that they did struggle without a striker? I, I think that I think there are two sides to that. The first yeah. one is I think they are more likely to raise their offer. And yeah. the, the second one is I think Tottenham might be more likely to raise their requirement given that, you know, they saw what this team can do without Harry Kane. I mean, the fans literally chanting, are you watching? Are you right. watching? Are you watching Harry Kane? Uh, there's, there's some, some talent in this, in this roster to, to put up possibly a top four run without Harry Kane, you add Harry Kane to this mix and suddenly they really can push for that, that top four spot. I don't necessarily predict it for them, but they definitely have what it takes. And, you know, slightly concerning is Hoiberg coming out, um, coming off uh, for a guy who played every minute of the last 38 weeks, one of a handful of guy, a handful of non-goalies to do it uh, for him to come off a little early. I am worried about him. Let's, let's hope that the news comes out that it's a minor thing and he's back in a week, but. That right. that's that's where I see the potential weakness in the squad is Hoiberg, Skip, and and Ali in the midfield. It does not scare me and may not be successful long term. Well, Ali, Ali, Ali had himself a game. Uh, yeah, I mean, let's. <laughs> I would obviously one game, but I think if Nuno, look, we know how talented a player he is, and if Nuno can sort of unlock that, then then maybe you know, we'll, maybe we'll, that we'll gives them like an important third option. I mean, that's, that's the hope is that maybe they get that important third, you know, it's not just Son by himself or, or Kane by himself or the mix of them. You know, if, if they can really have a legitimate third option uh, for being the creative, like masterpiece of that team, then, then they're more likely to break down some of those, those uh, kind of lower half teams and, and win those games that maybe would end up as draws. Now, now I mean, I almost, wonder if in whether Spurs sell Kane or not, it's almost like a win-win. Obviously you keep Kane. 
that's a big win. But if you sell him, you're getting a windfall of money for him. And I know it's late in the window, but can if, they, not, if not this year, maybe next year, they can use that to really, really strengthen their squad. Yeah, I, I am very... Some, some key areas, no? I, I think that every day that goes by is another... Like, it gets harder to get this deal done, not just because you have one less day to agree, but because I don't think Tottenham wants to wait an extra summer. And I don't think they want to get put in the Barcelona position either where everyone knows they have money. And so they get upcharged for true. replacing an incredible player. So if they sell Kane, I almost would have expected it to be something that gets done, you know, right as the Euros are ending or even before the Euros had started. And just like you get it out of the way and then you have the whole summer and, you know, teams don't have as much leverage because maybe you're, you know, in the market for guys like Sancho or you're in the, like, you know, just even the thought of them still being available creates more, uh, options for you at the end of the window they have very few options to replace the more reluctant to sell because then they have less yeah. time to go and find yeah. a replacement yeah it's a i mean it's a chain reaction of of being reluctant because you know you can't replace him and it's i just i don't expect things to happen so, um, so where so you're expecting harry kane to be a tottenham player by september 1st yes i expect him yeah. to be a tottenham player uh until approximately you know mid-june uh next year wow yeah, I mean, we'll see. I think, you know, City, I, I, it's interesting, though, because you mentioned that, you know, when, if Tottenham get all this money, team from another Tottenham with money to spend, and they'll raise their asking prices. But Tottenham, at the same time, they know that Man City have a ton of money. Um, and I feel like that is driving a lot of this as well. I think if it were a team like United or Chelsea, that were just, well, Chelsea have a lot of money, so maybe a bad example. But if it were Real Madrid, let's just say, or a Bayern that were interested in Harry Kane. I don't know if Danny, uh, Daniel Levy would be, if his price would be as high. He'd probably, be, for 28 years old, probably looking around the, you know, 100 million range. But because City have that money, it's actually, it's, it's, it's actually because City have that money. It's, it's also, I think, uh, it's, uh, I think you're miscrediting a little bit of that hurdle to the fact that some of these teams don't have exorbitant money. When I think part of it is um, not just that City, like would get better, but you're in the same league. I think that there is absolutely yeah, 20, yeah. 20 million pounds or so that is the tax for being in the same league right. as Spurs. And not it's not just English. the, yeah, it's not just that you get worse. It's that you're, the you know, the teams you're genuinely yeah. competing with get better. Yeah, that's a very and, good point. You know, if you're in that Tottenham front office, you have to, you have to have the mindset of we are competing with those, that caliber of team. Even if, you know, you probably aren't in that era, they're not too many pieces away. Um, we talk about all the time how, like, in a squad of 23, Arsenal have maybe five guys that I think could be on a title-winning team. And not even as the driving force, but just members of a title-winning team. And... I don't know about I, that. The only player I can really see is Tierney. And on ah, a title-winning okay. team, Tierney. That, that's it for me. Are you sure? I mean, yeah. if Naby Keita can be on a title-winning team, Thomas Partey can be on a title-winning team. Yeah, but Naby Keita's not a regular in a title. Or maybe Thomas that, Partey that's, as well. That's my but point. Naby Keita's my... not a regular. He's and, so... and Thomas Partey may not be a regular in a title-winning team. My point is there are about five guys that would be in the rotation of a title-winning okay, team. Okay, all right, yeah. Not just fair. starters. That's fair, yeah. There's about five there, and that's... I think for Spurs, it's more like 10 to 12. Like, I think they have more of the pieces. Like, right. you look around that team, and they have... First of all, they have the handful of superstars that you need in Son and Kane, assuming they keep Kane. Well, you have, but, you know, you have Hugo Lloris as well. Um, Christian Romero. I mean, obviously, we, we, we've, we've talked about him. I rate, I happen to rate him very highly. 
Um, yeah, let's uh, let's see. I mean, as of right now, Eric Dyer still has that starting center back spot alongside Davidson Sanchez. Yeah, we'll I, see I, what I happens mean, be, in a month. It would be a waste. It would be a waste if they didn't try to incorporate uh, Romero into that team. Total waste of talent. I I don't know if but... it'll be necessarily a waste if he can't if you can't prove you're better than Eric Dyer day in and day out at training, then <laughs> you don't deserve to start. I think he's but I think he's already proven he's better than Eric Dyer. Prove it day in and day with, out with in training. What he's done in Atalanta. Right, uh, did Spurs move to the Italian league? Did Spurs move to the Italian league all of a sudden? If you can't beat out the guy next to you in training every day for your starting spot, you don't deserve your starting spot. I don't care who you, I don't care if you're Cristiano Ronaldo or Lionel Messi, beat the guys next to you at training, earn your starting spot. And honestly, it's not exactly hard for, for Messi or Ronaldo to do it because they're Messi or Ronaldo. But I would expect, I would expect Romero to be able to beat out players like Eric Dyer and whoever the, who else in time we even have a center back at this point? Yeah, but it, it may take a few weeks. Left. Yeah, potentially. I mean, we saw with Liverpool, you know, Robertson took a, Robertson took a while to get his place over Alberto Moreno. Um, so, and I don't think anyone was, uh, you know, delusional about the fact that Moreno yeah. is nowhere near as good. Hey, show him some respect. He, he did win a Europa League final, uh, as you very well know. No. Um, but do, do you want me to talk about the some La Liga as well, opening week of La Liga? I mean, who was it on the Barcelona team who, who came out and said that we can't replace Messi's 40 goals a year, but what we can do, and they're talking strictly league goals because obviously he adds way more than that. But they said, you know, maybe we can replace 30 of them collectively and give up 10 fewer. And <laughs> that they, they definitely tried that route. I mean, uh, that game was... <laughs> Well, back I mean, and forth. They I were mean, they were in control for 80 minutes and they almost let it slip. Um, but you also, I mean, Oyatherbal scored like that was an incredible set piece as well. Now you can't really fault Barcelona for. Um, but obviously, you know, it's one game again. I keep saying that. Um, but I mean it was impressive. Memphis played well, I thought. Um, Braithwave was was decent. Now it's a starting front three of Aguero, Memphis, Depay, and Griezmann is still a pretty talented front three. The midfield of Busquets, whose legs are gone, but you know he's still a serial winner. Look at everything he's won in his career. Busquets, De Jong, and Pedri is very not promising. good enough. Uh, well, I mean, it's not good enough to win a Champions League, but you would think it's good enough to win La Liga. Um, I don't know if it's good enough to win La Liga this year. I mean, I think if Barca don't win La Liga, it's not necessarily going to be from, from the midfield. It's going to be more, you know, lack of options at the back because they don't have a right back. They don't have a right back. They don't have a center back. I mean, they have DK, but they don't have a center back partnership. And Alba, you know, Alba's the legs of, he's in the decline. Yeah. Um, It's, there's, there are pieces at the back that definitely need to be fixed for, for Barca if they want to win this year. And it'll have to be big, big jumps forward from some of the kids it'll have and i'm not even just because he's american but i think you'll have to see way more from dest if barcelona yeah. want to be competitive this year Agreed. looking forward do we expect any big transfers to go through in the last 12 13 14 days um not not particularly i mean i think n- nothing major i mean there haven't really been any serious rumors although although i will say um, Locatelli has just agreed to move to Juventus. Juventus and Sassuolo have reached a deal, and Locatelli is set for a move. So I think that's a pretty big one. He played very well last season for me, had a very solid performance in the Euros. Um, but, and I think, you know, we, we talk about Barcelona's midfield being all right. I think, you know, a midfield of Locatelli, Artur, and McKenny 
it ain't terrible. I mean, it's not the midfield they had a few years ago with Marquisio, Pogba, and Pirlo, but I think it's it's an improvement on Rabio, Ramsey, and like Benton Core that we saw two years ago. Sure. I mean, um, yeah. Let's let's see. Let's see if they can. Let's see if their ambitions are are even top four again. Yeah. Okay. I, I, you can't you can't tell me that Juve aren't going to get top four. Um. I mean, if they don't, that would be. Shocking. I can tell you that. I mean. It took some took a rather impressive collapse last year on the last game yeah, day it took for them to make it. it. I know. So, I know. you know, let's let's see. Uh, let's see if they've done enough to to inspire anything better. I mean, the only thing you can say is that I mean, Inter have gotten worse since Inter the title absolutely win. Absolutely gotten worse. Yeah. I mean, obviously Lukaku's gone. Hakimi's gone. Will Eriksson be the same player? I mean, we obviously let's hope. Will so, he be allowed but... to play? As have they solved that problem with his pacemaker? I honestly, I am not completely sure about that. Um, I feel like if he wasn't allowed to play, he would be on his way out. So I'm going to assume that that he is, um, you know, j- just because like. On his way out, then, you think to a league that would let him play? Because I know yeah, I'm, yeah. it's an Italian league policy. About- yeah, I know. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he would find someplace. Um, yeah. You'd have to imagine. But, but other I mean, than that. Before we wrap up, we have a couple of things to hit. And the first one is the Champions League draw that's coming up. And it's something I want to talk about because things are going to get very spicy very quickly. And where that starts is that look at who's in pot one and pot two this year. First of all, we are currently live for the playoff round where 16 teams are competing for the last eight spots in the Champions League. And as of right now, Shakhtar have a 1-0 lead in the first leg against Monaco at halftime. Bronsby have a 1-0 lead at halftime against Salzburg, which is rather surprising. I mean, if Salzburg don't make the Champions League, I think we'll all kind of collectively be shocked. They are usually a pot three, pot four team, you know, that we kind of expect to be there. I mean, I don't know who Sheriff is, but they have a really cool looking gold star as their logo. And they have a 1-0 lead over, you know, Dynamo Zagreb. We have young boys and Frenziavos and Malmo and, and, you know, Benfica and, and PSV uh, in these playoff legs. And once we have those final results, we'll know who's in all four pots. Those matchups are this week, Tuesday and Wednesday, and next week, Tuesday and Wednesday. And then we'll have a full Champions League and we'll have a draw, I think, the Sunday after that. Right. Yeah, and that will be, I mean, I think, you know, there are possibly some interesting matchups that could happen if you get, you know, Man City, Barcelona and Leipzig in a group or Atalanta in a group, you can get, you can get a really spicy one with, you know, Milan, Leipzig, let's just say Real Madrid and Bayern Munich. Um, so yeah, the, there, there could definitely be some interesting groups, but we'll know, we'll really know more once, once these playoffs have, have finished. Yeah. But I like what I wanted to say about this particular league is that take a look at pot two for a moment, because there's it some pretty is... big names for pot two. I got to say. And, and I think what's important is that, the every team in pot two can't get another team in pot two. So like, for example, take Liverpool United. They have a situation where they're both English and they're both in pot two, which means that by default, Liverpool will not have a group with Madrid, Barcelona, Juve, PSG, United, Sevilla, Dortmund, City, or Chelsea. Right, but they could get a group with Atletico Madrid uh, and Atalanta. They could get a sure. group with, they could get a group with Bayern Munich uh Leipzig and AC Milan um so no they not, couldn't you know oh uh, yeah they could yeah they but... could right I mean so it's 
I mean, obviously, look, they're they're, they're going to avoid some big. There's teams, a there's a chance for a group not... of death, but what, yeah. who are the teams? Who are the teams in pot one that you're genuinely afraid of as an English team? Bayern, as an English team, I'm afraid of Bayern, Bayern Atletico Madrid, and that's it. I'm, I don't I, I don't fear anyone else in that group. And if I'm, exactly, but in pot three, you know, I think Leipzig could cause one or two problems. Atalanta could cause one or two problems. Now, I, you know, Liverpool beat them both comfortably last season, but they're still very, very good teams. Um, and then AC Milan, who have not gotten worse, actually. Um, you know, I think they've even strengthened by signing Giroud. Even though, I mean, it's not huge, but sure, but you... not, they haven't lost any key players. And I think they're going to be, I would expect they're going to be a better team than they were last season. Um, sure, but so all... there are teams in the other pots that could cause some trouble. I mean, you, you take your four and six odds, though, as an English pot two team of getting... Yeah. Of getting Villarreal, Lille, you know, Club Sporting, Bridge. Sporting, or, or Milan. Yeah. No, but I mean, those are the pot one teams that you could get. Right. You, I yeah. mean, there's, there's like side to it you were well. talking about the bad version. The good version is a United or Liverpool ends up in a group, and this is a very realistic option with like you know Lille and Porto and you know Wolfsburg. Same that is a for, yeah. Or, or, yeah. or young boys or, or right. you know, Sheriff, I'm finding it now, it's Sheriff Tiraspol, who is a, they're known as the Yellow Blacks or the Wasps. <laughs> they're a fantastic team in, I believe, no, this is not Russia. Where is Where's this? Salzburg? Salzburg uh, they're in the playoffs still. Okay. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're, they're another they're an team, Austrian that can, team that can cause, uh, that can cause a couple of problems. Let's, um, let's see if they can even make it to the, the group. <laughs> That's true. Like I, I, like they, I, I would expect that they would. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, they're down. I said they're down one nil at halftime of that first leg. Well, they half-time. like they one nil uh, halftime of the first leg. Okay, um, but that's we'll not. See, yeah, you'd rather be up one nil at halftime of your first leg. That's true. But they're playing. I mean, Bronby. You have to say Salzburg are surely favorites now. Uh, let's see. Way, I mean, by the way, I'm looking at these stats. <laughs> I'm looking at these stats. Bronby have had one shot in the fourth minute, and that's their goal. Salzburg have had seven and seventy-six percent of possession. Now, okay, counter argument: Salzburg wasteful, Bronsby lethal, clinical. Yeah, Bronsby clinical. Can they go all the way in this Champions League? They get one shot a game every game. Will that be enough for them? We will see. Um, what what is one matchup? I mean, before before the draw comes, like what's just setting aside, like you know, if you were a neutral, what if you, and it had to pick your like dream group? What what would you like to see? Oh man, there's the the biggest bummer in all of this is that Barca and PSG are in the same pot. I know Ugh. that like like and looking Juve. at this Barca and going PSG I, and Juve are all in the same pot, which is it. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a bummer because those are realistically like I think the most fun group is probably like I I'm trying to pick a group where you know it's maybe not the best team in pot one. Like I don't think if you add Bayern to a group, I expect them to win the group. I don't care who else is in it. PSG? So, PSG's in the group? Yeah, I expect Bayern to win the group. Really? Yeah. Um, so I'll, like, I don't know. Give me, like, Chelsea, PSG, Leipzig, I think would be salty. That'd be, see, I, I was going to say, I, I, I would love to see PSG and Chelsea in the same group. That would be fantastic. Or, you know, for that matter, PSG versus Pep would be fun. PSG, that would be interesting. As, City versus PSG, yeah. Yeah. Although, yeah. I mean... If I were to see that, I wouldn't want that in a group of death because I would I, I would love to see Man City versus PSG in like the quarterfinal. You know, I mean, look, I, I don't want to see them in the semifinal or the final because I don't want any of them go 
I don't want any. Of them you don't in want the them final. going that far. Yeah. 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 I don't want any of them in the final. Um, I just think it's bad for football generally when, you know, teams with oil money can buy their way to success. And that's unfortunately what's happening, but that would be one hell of a matchup. You got to say um, for me, I think another thing that could get interesting, I think, you know, Bayern, Bayern, Liverpool, Atalanta, and like, yeah, Bayern, Liverpool, Atalanta could be interesting. Bayern, United, and Ajax, maybe. Um, Atletico, Uni- Atletico, United, and Leipzig would be would be another interesting one. See, I, I don't want Leipzig again. I didn't like oh, it. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. I, don't, but, I didn't like yeah, How about this? How about Villarreal, Manchester United, and, and Leipzig? And Wolfsburg, just to go to the last time they were knocked out in the group stage. Honestly... Honestly, I think that you would be real upset when we went like five and one or like, you know, like four, one and one in that group stage and, and took it. I yeah, think you'd be yeah. like, thing, that's what you thought would happen the last time you were in the group with these guys. And it didn't work out that way. So the last time, last time we were in a group with Lexi, we were also in a group with PSG and, that's true. and, and the entire letdown there came from the fact that we were unable to go out and win at whoever that was, um, in the middle of nowhere. It was, was it young Europe. boys or no, no it, was it was not PMO, young boys. It was like some Russian team. Yeah. It wasn't Russian. It was some smaller, like Eastern European team that we were unable to beat. That was just a problem. Way, but was, yeah, was if we had taken care of that game, like if you know, if we taken care of that game, I think we played. We split the games with PSG and we split the games with Leipzig. Yeah. And if we had taken care of business, we would have, you know, those three extra points would have been the difference comfortably for us. Indeed. So, I I don't know. I think you know the worry is that Man City in that top pot uh, are going to get, and this is genuinely my prediction. They will get Sevilla, St. Petersburg. Well, we know we know City and Malmo. We know City's gonna get an easier. They always Sevilla, St. Petersburg, Malmo. Put yeah. it put it on the put it on the board. That will be yeah. their group. Yeah, we'll see. I mean that I think that's honestly pretty likely. I don't see them getting out. I definitely see them avoiding like I mean any other good team in this group. So yeah. Um yeah. you know, you know I mean, they're getting Sevilla. Sevilla is like a guarantee. Uh, yeah, the, the maybe, next the next you know, pod. By the time we come out next week, uh, the playoffs will be wrapping up and uh, we'll have those second leg results or we'll at least some of them. And then the draw happens on Thursday. So we'll, so we'll see what happens for, there. Yeah, we'll look forward to covering that the week after. Let's, yeah, there... let's, get to, let's get to a couple of highlight matchups. I mean, can Arteta be sacked after two weeks? Let's just talk about what's, what's coming forward for the press. I, I feel like if Arteta was to be sacked, he would have been sacked a while ago. I mean, Arsenal haven't shown any ambition. That's why he's still at the club. That's why they still haven't made any big moves in the transfer market. They're obviously content with him there because, you know, if they weren't, right, if they had any ambition, they would have sacked him last season. Yeah, all right. I, I think for this for this week, I think we make... Man, some of these games are going to be really fun. Um, I, I think I want to highlight... Ooh, uh, only three games. First, I want to I want to point in your face and laugh because you can't watch the Prem this week, seeing as Liverpool play Burnley. That's true. Yeah, it will be. You have to take a week yeah. off watching your favorite team, which is That's a bummer. Fine. I know it's a shame. I'm going to miss your first game at Anfield. Um, but it's at it's at seven thirty yeah. on a Saturday morning and against Burnley. I think that yeah, of all the games to I'm miss, wake up for. <laughs> yeah, I gotta say, um, the but... highlight for me is is uh, Sunday and Monday mostly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, I think, you know, Wolves, Tottenham, Arsenal, Chelsea, and West Ham, Leicester. Yeah, uh, I'll take those three matchups as being the most exciting, um, which is a bummer because I won't get to see the Nuno Revenge Tour. Uh, I'll be watching Southampton get absolutely destroyed, which should be fun. They are another team that will have some serious worries. Without Ings, they looked... They did not look great. 
they looked like less than themselves going forward. And when you're getting beat three, one by Everton, it's not a good thing. I know. Yeah. I think, you know, they're, they're a team that's going to be, they're going to be dragged into that relegation battle for sure. Um, but let's start with Wolves Tottenham. What, what are your predictions for how Nuno's return to Wolverhampton will, will end up for him? I, I don't know. I I'm curious about things like, will Harry Kane appear? Um, well, he's back uh, in you training. Know, I think he just resumed training with, with the squad. Yes, but but being back in training doesn't necessarily mean that he will like you know if he's not at full fitness he won't be ready to go you know it's it's not like he was like you know at full you know match week ready when he was in the luxury box on Sunday right he he has some ramping up to do we may see him for fifteen minutes or thirty minutes instead I I very much don't expect him to start yeah I'll, I mean, I'll say I mean, that to be fair that's not like Tottenham just beaten the Premier League champions without Harry Kane uh, but I expect. That, I expect Wolves to give them a little bit more of a run for their you money. See, Wolves played well against Leicester, I thought. They did. They, I mean, unfortunately, um, <laughs> at his old age, Jamie Vardy still does Jamie Vardy things. Yeah, that uh, that celebration was was gold. But he went and howled in front of the uh, in front of the Wolves fans. He, oh man, he loves to rile a team up. It is it is his favorite. Nah, thing. he's a master troll. Um, yeah, I I think oh, this is a tricky one. I'm gonna go one one for this one. Ah, uh, I think I will take um. This is at this is at uh New Whitehurst Lane. No, oh, it's at Wolves. Interesting. Um, I was gonna say two one Spurs. I think I'll say two two actually. I think I'll. I, I think it's similarly a draw, but I, I think there's a little bit more action. I think Spurs have two in them against this Wolves team, but I think Wolves also have, uh, I mean, particularly at home, I, I think that they'll be up for the fight. So we have, I mean, general consensus here in in Wolves versus Spurs. How about the next matchup? What do you think? 3-0 Chelsea. I think Chelsea won this game easily. 3-0 is, is bold. Yeah, I'm going to go. I think with, Luka- I mean, with or without Lukaku, they win the game comfortably. I'm expecting Lukaku to play with him on the side. I just, you know, they're just going to have too much for Arsenal. Simple as that. Arsenal are a mediocre team right now. They're obviously lacking confidence. They showed absolutely nothing against Brentford. Are they really going to improve in a week's time against the Chelsea side that, you know, is really looking like they're going to make a title charge? That's a fair point. Uh, yeah, I mean, I... I... I don't expect anything to go to go any differently um, than, than you do. I think that this is, this goes very, very poorly for Arsenal. And I don't know about, uh, I'm, I'm stuck between like four, one or like two nil. Um, I, I genuinely am curious about, you know, what this, what this Chelsea team with how far forward they will go. I think they could, you know, get caught out just even once or twice. Um, and, and that turned into a, a, a good break and a lucky goal for Arsenal. But they're going to be lethal going forward. I expect this Arsenal back line to just be absolutely terrible um, and to get just thrashed apart by, you know, pick three of Lukaku and Werner and Pulisic and Havertz and, you know, Sayak and whoever else you want going forward and and Mount contributing those longer. But there's, there's such a plethora of talent here, Chelsea. I'll, I'll take 4-1. I, I think I talked myself into it. Uh, yeah, 4-1 Chelsea. And, and landslide win for Thomas Tuchel's men. 
Yeah, and then the the last matchup that that we should be talking about here is the Monday night fixture. That's uh, at 3 p.m. Eastern, but nighttime there in the UK. West Ham hosting Leicester. Yeah, um, for me, two on West Ham. I think. I think you know Leicester. They they I, I didn't find them all too convincing against Wolves. Obviously, Wolves are a good side. Um, you know, definitely better than West Ham's opponents in Newcastle. But I just think West Ham have a lot going forward. Leicester looks they look they looked open at times um, against Wolves, and I think that's where that's where West Ham capitalized at home. I can see them winning two one. Um, you know, I think the way I expect this to play out is they go two 0 up, and then Leicester get a goal back around the seventieth minute. The West Ham just about holds out. All right, I think I will. I think I'll take Leicester to repeat their result from from this weekend. I think an, uh, another Leicester one really? nil. Maybe it's not Vardy again, but I think it'll be some sort of cheesy uh, goal from Leicester, possibly against the run of play. But they have so much. Cre- I mean, so much creativity with them, and you know, yeah. we'll see if Madison sticks around. I haven't heard the latest news on whether or not Arsenal are serious about that as the the window closes. I mean, the question is, why wouldn't you stick around for Madison? I, who looks more suited right now to match your ambitions, honestly? Arsenal or Leicester? I got a counter-argument for you. Money, money, money. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that that's the only other argument. Um, but, you know, Arsenal are a bigger name, but I, I don't know. If I were Madison, I if I can get a good enough contract, um, I, I would probably stay with Leicester. Yeah, but I think that's the entire point, is that Arsenal are probably willing to pay, you know, way more money. I think that at Leicester, he's probably going to get nowhere near the like 175, it's interesting, though, because Arsenal, But they Arsenal. haven't been willing to spend. I mean, if they're willing to pay money, if they're, if they're willing to actually, you know, spend loads of money, we're not seeing that in their, in how they, in the ambition or the lack of ambition that we, that we've seen from them in, in this transfer window. Um, yeah. So I mean, Ben White was, ben White was real sure. cheap. Okay. Yeah. Ben. Well, yeah. But if they already, if they only spent, you know, on Ben White for, okay. If, if you look at all the areas where Arsenal need to improve, right. 50 million net spend is you would expect a team, especially in this era to, to be spending more. Now, obviously there's the financial effect of COVID that we have to take into account, but to tell the truth, I, I don't know if it's a guarantee that Arsenal will offer James Madison, this, this giant contract. I just don't. Um, I mean, they they spent on Pepe recently to the tune of sixty eight million pounds. Yeah, look at the things that hasn't worked out for them. As yeah, well, but it's not, not like, as well as they would have liked. I could see and them showing out. And, they, and Ben White had a pretty disastrous debut. Obviously, one game, but he's young and unproven. So, and obviously, the counter argument of that is we're going to spend that kind of money on a player like Ben White who hasn't really proven himself. You know, might as well spend that money not, on James exactly, Madison who on a has. Who has? Yeah, but. And I think he'd be a little cheaper than Ben White, genuinely. Like, I think probably like 40 million. So I think they could afford to pay him a little more. I don't see Madison as being that that top. I don't really. You, you think? Well, I, I think mean, if maybe you're lesser, you'd say, well, you're willing to spend 50 million on Ben White. James Madison, we know, is a better player. I mean, they play different positions, but who's going to offer more to the team? It's James Madison. Um, so I think if you're lesser, you can kind of use that as leverage. Maybe. Maybe just for Arsenal, but I think, you know he might be a right around the same price. I don't expect him to be that much like 40 to 50 or so. And uh, really, uh, I, I, would, I would expect James Madison to go for like 60 or 70, but. I mean, the, the thing that I think is hilarious is that I don't think Lester would be all that much worse off if they sold Madison to Arsenal for, you know, yeah. Like even if it is like 50 and then they go get Lingard for 25 and just pocket 25 like that. You can see that happen. That would be a good move for them. 
I don't see that being anything of a significant downgrade to their their output. They just like got 25 free million pounds. Yeah, uh, Jesse Lingard and Brendan Rodgers. Uh, match made in match made heaven. In, exactly, exactly. I mean, uh, Jesse Lingard's going to have Brendan Rodgers. He, he's going to have Brendan Rodgers dressed so well when he looks in the mirror and just loves himself. I cannot wait. I, I mean, if that happens, and obviously there have been too many rumors to, to suggest that it will, but Brendan, hearing Brendan talk about Jesse Lingard is just going to, no matter how poorly the season goes for Liverpool, like that will just be a point of like consolation for me. Um, but with that, Jeff, is there anything else you think we need to get to? I think that's it. Okay, so yeah, yeah, I think that really is a wrap up here. I'm seeing values as low as like 30, 40 million for Madison, which is surprising that's, to me. That is shocking to me. I, I think that steal. you could get I think you could get 50 out of uh 50 out of Arsenal easily. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it's that that's surprising me to that that's genuinely surprising to me. So I mean maybe it's not necessarily the best deal because you know if you're only getting a you know, 5 million, assuming you replace him with, with the likes of a Lingard or a similar tier of player, maybe it's not as worth it. Yeah, potentially. Um, All right, well. I, mean, I don't really know who comes to mind, but yeah, I mean, with that, I'm Alex Perry alongside Jeff Hauser, and we will see you next week.